Hey, before we begin, I want to let you know about a new show from Curious Cast that I think you might be into. It's called Russia Rising. Putin's Russia has been accused of using internet trolls, hackers, and even assassins to influence the West. This new investigative podcast hopes to unravel the giant mystery that is Russia with the help of those who know her best. Russian trolls, hackers, Putin supporters, and even a former KGB spy. Join Global News Europe Bureau Chief Jeff Semple on a journey to find out how Russia has gone from tenuous ally to a potential global threat. Listen to Russia Rising for free at CuriousCast.ca or wherever you're enjoying This Is Why. Canadians are responding with kindness after a hurricane rocks the Bahamas. He sent me a text message and just said, what do you think the chances are? Can you get me to Canada? Things are really, really bad here. There's dead bodies floating by. There's all the houses are crumbled. There's no food. There's no water. And I said to him, yes, I can get you to Canada. And then as soon as I said yes, then there was no turning back from that point. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is Why. On September 1st, Hurricane Dorian hit the Bahamas. Escaping catastrophe in the Bahamas, this family in Freeport fled through chest-deep water after their home was inundated by storm surge. They barely made it to safety. Big flag is gone. Abakuea is gone. From the air, it's hard to tell where the sea ends and the land begins. Across the Bahamas, the damage is indescribable. It sounded like a freight train going around our home. Water was coming in our house. I think our house was the only one standing on Pelican Shores. Horrible. It was, it was bad. It wasn't bad at all. It was scary. We get caught in our apartment. It was too late to get out. So we took refuge in the, in the closet. My autistic son, we watched the hurricane took our roof off. At least 13,000 homes are damaged or destroyed. Buildings flattened, trees ripped bare. Entire sections of land underwater after a six-meter-high storm surge enveloped the islands. The ocean swallowed the Grand Bahama International Airport with waves lapping at the building. In many places, officials are only now getting a look at the full scope of the damage. The number of dead and injured all but certain to rise. Uh, it looked terrifying. It sounded terrifying. The sheer terror that people went through in those uh, 48 hours. All that tragedy and all that destruction inspired a guy named Mike Clark to go to extreme measures to help people on those islands any way that he could. Mike is from Kelowna, B.C., which is in the interior of British Columbia. I called him up to hear the incredible story. My connection to the Bahamas is, is my, my uncle moved down to the Bahamas in 2000. Um, him and his boys, they've lived down there and run a business there for a long time. And about three years ago, my girlfriend and I moved down there for a brief period of time. And we were going to help them open up a restaurant down there. We were down there for about six months. Um, until a hurricane came and we ended up leaving the island because of the hurricane and there was lots of damage and we, we couldn't move back because our work permits were revoked because of all the damage. So we got kind of a, 
a brief introduction to the hurricane uh, world down there. But in that, you know, brief time that we were down there uh, was more than enough time to make some really close friends and connections with people down there. And um, when we saw this hurricane coming, you know, it's not uncommon for hurricanes to hit there. They hit on average every four years. But Dorian turned out to be a very special, in a very negative way, a very devastating storm. And uh, we watched it and followed it very closely. It turned out just to be an absolutely devastating storm to, you know, no one's ever seen uh, a hurricane hit with that kind of force and make landfall with wind speeds of 390 kilometers an hour, as well as move that slowly before with a, a speed of between four and one kilometers an hour. It was on Grand Bahama for almost 40 hours. Um, it just was absolutely devastating. And then, so I just started going through my, phone book of all my friends down there and I just started texting everybody are you safe are you safe are you safe and Dexter was actually the first person to respond and he was one of the people that worked with us down there and uh, he was one of our friends down there and he responded right now I am but I've just lost my roof and then he texted later that he would got out of his house and his house had been destroyed wow yeah and we'd been in contact with him and um and then a couple of days, I mean, a day or so went by, and I talked to him again, and he said that, you know, the situation was getting really, really bad, and he sent me a text message and just said, what do you think the chances are? Can you get me to Canada? Things are really, really bad here. There's dead bodies floating by. There's all the houses are crumbled. There's no food. There's no water. And I said to him, yes, I can get you to Canada. And then as soon as I said that, I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. But as soon as I said yes, then there was no turning back from that point. And I spent, I guess, about the next 90 hours of my life with very little sleep and didn't leave my house. I had my cell phone plugged into the wall and I just worked nonstop. Um, I, I literally just went and dedicated my entire life to as many phone calls and at every step that every time we had a success, it seemed like we had a massive failure. There were so many hurdles to overcome and it was just a test of, of will and problem solving. And it turned out to be this crazy thing. So, so to make matters even more complicated, it wasn't just Dexter that you were hoping to bring to Canada, but his wife as well. And his 10 year old son, his 10 year old son. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, the only thing that they managed to get out of their house was one big suitcase and two small suitcases of everything that they could pack. Cause they didn't really, the storm changed path. No one really thought the storm was going to go through the island. Like all of the, the models showed it going north of the island and it was just kind of going to brush by. And I, I don't think people really considered the fact that it was going to hit as hard as it did. So people were caught a little bit off guard um, with the severity of it. So um, they managed to get out with very, very little. So, I mean, things like, you know, toothbrush, toothpaste, toiletries, that kind of stuff. So they were literally left with nothing. 
Well, yeah, and even here in Canada, we heard about how people trying to evacuate were being charged a fee to get on board a boat that would take them to safety, that they were faced with these massive lineups and these massive crowds. So what happened to Dexter and his family? Were they caught up in that chaos? Yeah, they were. So this is where the story gets a little bit crazy. So... It would have been much easier if they could have just gone to the United States. The United States is very close to Freeport, Grand Bahama, but you need a visa as a Bahamian to enter via boat to the U.S. The only problem is the only way to get a visa is to go to a a U.S. pre-clearing station, and that was in the Freeport airport, which was 100% wiped out. So the option to travel the short distance to the U.S. was gone. So the only option was to take a ferry to Nassau, Bahamas, which is like 300 kilometers south. And so ferry service resumed about three days or so after landfall of the hurricane. I just told Dexter to get on that boat. And he just, again, in my ignorance, not realizing that every other person on that island had the exact same idea. Uh, so when he went there, it was this crazy, like, mob scene. And that was one of those low points where I just didn't really consider how bad the situation really was at that point. Coming up later in this episode. I spent 11 hours cold calling people. In fact, oh my I called, listen, I called so many people that Telus suspended my account because it pinged as fraudulent activity. You're listening to This Is Why, a national radio show and podcast from Global News. Download and subscribe online now. Hurricane Dorian stalled over the Bahamas for two days, causing an enormous amount of destruction. It's been more than a week since the monster Category 5 hurricane hit the islands, but rescuers, including a team of Canadians, are still trying to reach some of the areas cut off by flooding and debris. So it's not clear how many people may have died in this natural disaster. Evacuees fleeing the hurricane-ravaged Bahamas were ordered off a ferry to Florida over the weekend. On Friday, Bahamian Prime Minister Hubert Minnis visited Greater Abaco, getting an earful from residents desperate to leave. We can't move all of you at one time, but the boats will be coming in. Okay? Boats will be coming in on aircrafts. There are clusters and communities that were devastated, almost as though nuclear bombs were dropped on them. That's how great the, the, the suffering is and the devastation is. Adrian Farrington Sr. says he broke his leg while trying to save his young son AJ's life. He said while he was fighting for his life, he saw at least 12 others drown. I still could hear people crying for their lives in my head. I still could see my son getting dragged across the roof, reaching up. I just didn't really consider how bad the situation really was at that point. So at that point, I had to come up with my plan B. And my plan B was I pulled up an online directory of the NASA phone book. And I started phoning random phone numbers in NASA until I found a person. And it happened to be this beautiful lady named Rosemarie who helped me. 
she found a guy that was a boat captain. She found an owner of a boat, connected the two of them. She used her life savings. She sent them towards Freeport, Grand Bahama. I got Dexter and his family to walk to a dock where there was nobody around so they wouldn't be mobbed by all these people trying to get off the island. He used his cell phone to ping GPS coordinates, which then I relayed to Rosemary. She sent to the captain of the boat and they managed to pick them up 300 kilometers away at this clandestine location and return them to safety. And then when they got to Nassau, this beautiful lady, Rosemary, took them in, took them to Popeye's, got them some fried chicken, got a roof over their heads, and let them wait until they got onto a plane and flew directly to Toronto so they didn't have to deal with the visa issues because the vast majority of flights there go via the U.S., and got a WestJet flight via Toronto. Oh my God! So, so even just go back one step to clarify, you had never met this angel Rosemary before in your life. You literally just called her up out of the blue, out of the phone book. I I spent eleven hours cold calling people. In fact, oh my goodness, I called. Listen, I called so many people that Telus suspended my account because it pinged as fraudulent activity because sometimes somebody will clone or steal a cell phone and they'll give it to like people and say, Hey, listen, give me $10. You can do all the international long distance calling you want. And that is a common scam or con that, that happens to people. And so right in the middle of this operation, they shut it down and normally it takes two to five business days for the fraud department to reauthorize it but i phoned telus and i said listen this is a rescue operation i am not mad at you but you need to get this and this was like a saturday afternoon kind of thing and there was it was after hours it was like middle of the name whatever and the guy was like Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm going to do it. It took, he goes like, I'll do whatever I can. I'll do whatever I can. And he's like, he kept trying. He's like, it should be ready. It should be ready. It ended up taking two and a half hours. But I mean, I, I applaud TELUS. And I, I'd really like if there's any kind of story there to applaud the efforts of TELUS. Because like this guy's like, I'm following people. I'm waking people up. I'm doing whatever I can. I'm up to the manager level. He gets me to like the manager level. The guy's like, I don't know what I can do, man. I'm trying so hard. And finally gets to work. And he's like, and I'm calling you back in 50 minutes. Try a few other numbers. Because I've got all these numbers you're calling. They're like, anything else we can help with and all this stuff. Like, it was so crazy. Like, I know exactly why you've cut this off. And I need you to stop this immediately. <laughs> and it was like just this fun moment between the two of us. It was super stressful. And they were trying so hard as well. It was really really cool. You know, the craziest parts of the story that you're telling is that start to finish, complete strangers helping complete strangers in the most extreme of circumstances. Yeah. I mean, I texted a picture of myself to this Rosemarie lady and she texted me a picture back of her just so we could we could have like a, a connection during this as well, just so we could 
we could I just I just need to know what this lady looks like. I just and she's just like and she she could just hear this in my voice and she's like who is this person to you? And I'm just like, he's just a friend that I met for three months, three years ago. And we had not talked since. It didn't matter. It was just somebody that I met three years ago that I was concerned about that I needed to help. Have you heard from Rosemary since? Well, I, yeah, because I, I now need to repay her life savings. The first $3,600 of my GoFundMe campaign was to pay her back. Now, we know that Rosemary's been taken care of now, and her part in this story, the role that she played, is incredible. But let's get back to Dexter and his family, who arrived in Toronto and then eventually made it to British Columbia, where you live. What was it like to see them at the airport? Oh, my God. Well, it was a mixture. It was just pure elation. And then, I mean, there was this, the emotion of this whole thing is, has been up and down. It's been, there's been so many highs and so many lows. And it was just, it was, it was almost surreal from the time that he sent me that text message that I have not stopped working on this. Uh, I'm off work right now on uh, short-term disability with some personal loss issues. I just lost my father, and um, I've been kind of wallowing in a little bit of depression, and this has kind of helped snap me out of it, to tell you the truth. And um, to dealing with this and actually seeing them, and I've been going off of his voice, his energy, Hearing, you know, his excitement about him trying to help him, hearing his lows and his highs, and to see the smile on his face and to see the tears in his wife's eyes and to see the huge smile on Dexter Jr.'s face and just to see the relief on them, that is what, you know, that is what made this whole process worth it. That's This whole process was about trying to save one family at a time and to to know that they are now in Canada and to know that no matter what happens now, I know that the people of Canada will take care of them and that they will be safe, at least for their time being here. I know now that all the hard work and all the time put in, now the people of Canada will take care of them. That it means It means everything to me. So eventually the plan is that Dexter and his wife and his son, they will return back to the Bahamas again once things have settled down. But in the short term, what is in store for you and for Dexter as you try to provide his family with assistance? Um, Dexter does have a sister on the island with a newborn baby that is still in stuck right in the middle of it and she is our number one priority this whole process starts right again today i'm leaving the door right now and i'm hitting the pavement again to start start this whole fundraising process all over again because she's got a baby that's stuck on this island right now i mean i told him that i can only start with one family at a time and once he got here we'd start but yeah she has a newborn baby stuck in these same conditions so i mean this isn't this is not the end of the story. This is just the beginning of the story. I need to keep going, and we all need to keep going, keep this story going for a little bit. If you want to help Mike keep this story going, 
if you want to help Dexter and his family, as well as his sister. And if you want to help other people in the Bahamas, then you can always consider checking out Mike's GoFundMe page. Just Google Hurricane Relief Fund for Dexter and his family. And in a future episode, we'll check in with Dexter to see how he's doing. This Is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and me, Nikki Reitmeyer. It's a national radio show as well as a podcast. Download, subscribe, or listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Give us a rating as well as a review. You can always send us an email as well. This is why at curiouscast.ca. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.